0: Oh, praise the Lord, somebody. Amen. Good to be in church tonight. If you have your Bibles, grab them. I'd like to direct your attention to Isaiah chapter 43, Isaiah chapter 43 and verse number one, and we'll read verses one through three, and then we'll look quickly at a portion of verse number five. How many love the Lord, thankful for his touch and his hand of protection on our lives. But now, thus saith the Lord that created thee, O Jacob, and he that formed thee, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed thee. I have called thee by thy name, thou art mine, when thou passest through the waters I will be with thee, and through the rivers they shall not overflow thee. When thou walkest through the fire, thou shalt not be burned, neither shall the flame kindle upon thee. For I am the Lord thy God, the Holy One of Israel, thy Savior. I gave Egypt for thy ransom, Ethiopia and Seba for thee. Fear not, verse 5, for I am with thee. Can we say that out loud, that portion of verse 5? Fear not, for I am with thee. Amen. I'd like to teach for a few moments tonight uh, from this title, Only Passing Through. Only Passing Through. And I'd like to look at 10 lessons. Uh, Don't don't be too afraid. 10 lessons, uh, they're quick ones. Uh, from the portion of Scripture in Isaiah chapter 43. And uh, I want to look at them very quickly, and I think that they'll be a blessing to us tonight. Can we put our Bibles down and lift up our hands, and let's pray one more time that the Lord would minister to us here. Lord, we love you. We praise you tonight, God. I pray that as we're walking through the, the storms of life, the difficulties of life, the pain of life, the uncertainty of life, God, I pray that you would bring us through on the other side, and we give you praise. We give you glory. And everyone said, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Look at your neighbor and say, we're only passing through. Amen. Thank you for standing and worshiping. You can be seated. There's several things about this passage of Scripture that uh, I had never noticed before. Uh, and I want to express my appreciation to Brother Jonathan Sanders, who's preached here uh, recently for opening my eyes to a particular part of this scripture that I would never noticed. And then the Lord began to deal with me further on it. But God is clearly uh, talking to his people and he's giving promises and he's making declarations and they are they are. Uh, pinpointed declarations about going through difficult times. And of course, as you'll notice, he mentions the waters and he mentions the fire and he mentions the river and all of these things. And of course, uh, those are literal things, but they're also metaphorical in the sense that God is letting us know that in any particular season of life, a dangerous season, a, a, a scary season of life, a trial, Uh, God will uh, be with us during those times. And so I want to break it down very quickly and look at a few things here. And the first thing that I want us to notice is Isaiah 43 and 1, where God says, for I have redeemed thee. Everyone said redeemed. I have called thee by name. Thou art mine. And so the first thing we see from Isaiah 43 and 1 is that these are exclusive promises for those who belong to God. Did you know as a child of God, as a servant of God, you have promises that come directly from God to you specifically? You know, a lot of people want to claim the promises of God when they're going through a storm, when they're going through a difficulty, but they are not a child of God. And there are some promises that you can't claim if you're not his child. There, oh, amen. There are some things that you don't have access to. Unless you are an obedient servant to God. And so there are things that God gives to us, the redeemed. And you can't be redeemed in the New Testament church without the blood of Jesus. Can the church say, man, there's no, there's no redemption without the blood of Jesus. And these are for servants of God. When he says, thou art mine, uh, we are literally his. We are purchased. We're redeemed. We're bought with the price. And so we are no longer slaves to this world, but we are willing servants to the King, King Jesus. How many are thankful that you are a willing servant and you offer your life a living sacrifice willingly? Nobody made you do it, nobody forced you to do it, nobody, nobody handcuffed you to an altar when you received the Holy Ghost. You came willingly to God, and, and nobody made you repent of your sins. It, it doesn't work that way. You came to the Lord and said, God, I'm sorry. And when you did that and with a humble and a contrite spirit, God reached down into your life and he changed you and you became a servant of the most high God. And I'm thankful for every promise that God has given me. I don't ever want to get to a place as a Christian where I take the promises of God for granted. How many are glad for his promises that he speaks into your life? And so we have to remember those promises in the good times and in the bad times. I'll take you to the next slide. Continuing on, Isaiah 43 and verse 2 says, When thou passest through the waters, everyone said when, when. That word when is a definitive word. In other words, affliction comes to everyone. You will pass through waters. You will go through trials. You will go through difficult times. The Bible teaches us that the rain falls on the just and the unjust. Pain comes to the believer and the unbeliever. Sorrow comes to the believer and the unbeliever. God never promised his children utopia in this world. What he did promise us is that we would have a a place of paradise beyond this world. But this world is in our home. And so trials are going to come. And what the enemy will do is he'll try to convince you when you're going through the difficult storms of life that uh, perhaps God is angry at you or perhaps uh, perhaps it's not fair or, or perhaps you shouldn't have to go through that. But God never promised that it would be easy. He just promised that it would be worth it. Amen? That's what the old song says. Number three, uh, again from uh, Isaiah 43 and 2, it says, when thou passest through, in other words, when you're going through a storm, when you're going through a difficult season of life, and of course you understand we're not just talking about hurricanes, literal hurricanes or, uh, or rainstorms or tornadoes. We're talking about the seasons of life that can be extremely hard. When you're going through those times, it can feel like you're going to be there forever. I've been in those seasons in my life where it felt like I was going to be sick forever. It felt like I was going to be in pain forever. It felt like I was going to be stuck forever. But the promise that you need to cling to in those times, and maybe you're here and you're in that season, you need to remember that it will not be forever. You will pass through. You're only passing through. You, you may be in the valley of the shadow of death even, but you will pass through to the other side. This season will change. This is this trial is not for always. This trial is but for a season only. And when you're going through those times, you need to look to this scripture. And of course, many other passages of scripture that remind us that that we will come through on the other side we will come through purified like gold. How many can look back at trials that you've been through and you can see how God shaped you through that trial? And you came through on the other side, and God changed you. He made you stronger. He made you better. He built your faith. He built your courage. Amen. And so this trial is not for always. And I feel like I'm speaking right into someone's life tonight, and I don't expect anyone to scream and shout. I know some of you barely have running water right now. But I want you to know this trial is not for always. This isn't going to last forever. And the enemy will try to convince you that it is for always, that what's happening to you is the last thing that's ever going to happen to you. But God has it under control. All right, I'll take you to the next slide again from Isaiah 43 and 2. And this is the most important one of all, straight from God. He says this. Can we read it at the very top in the white? God says, I will be with you. Can the rest of us say that together? I will be with thee. When thou passest through the waters, I will be with thee with thee. I'm starting to feel the Holy Ghost a little bit in here. When you pass through the trial, I will be with thee. When you get the doctor's report that says it's cancer, I will be with thee. When you don't know how you're going to pay the bills tomorrow, I will be with thee. When you can barely get out of bed, you're in so much pain. I will be with thee. When you face a loss of a loved one, I will be with thee. Can somebody lift up your hands and claim that promise tonight? God is with you. God is with you in the trial. You're not alone. Like the three Hebrew boys in the fiery furnace, he was with them. When they needed him most, he showed up. At the point of need, he showed up. Like Daniel in the lion's den, he was willing to go through whatever he had to go through, but God showed up and God kept him through the trial. Like Elijah in the mountain, looking for a sign from God, just trying to get some kind of answer from God. And he didn't know exactly how it was going to happen. He looked for him in the thunder, he looked for him in the earthquake, but in the end, It was the still, small voice of God, and God said, I'm with you. But not only did God reveal that he was there with him, But God also said, listen, you think you're the only person alive right now who's being faithful to me. But I've got all kinds of believers in hiding right now. Did you know that God is with you? And he's got a legion of believers who are with you as well. Sometimes you can think you're the only faithful Christian living. You need to get back into reality and remember that there are people sitting in these pews tonight. There are apostolics all around the world uh, who are worshiping with you. They are believing with you. They are praying with you. They are trusting God with you. Hallelujah. God is with us. God's people are with us. God will be with us in every stormy situation. If we're being honest, we would all have to admit that there are times when it feels like God isn't with us. Anybody ever felt that way before? There have been times when I felt like God was not there. Even Jesus said, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? His humanity, his flesh was crying out from that place of excruciating pain. Pure agony racking his body. And, And he could feel the sins of all of humanity. He bore our sins in his own body. So... Not only was Jesus experiencing physical agony, he was experiencing psychological and spiritual agony at the same time. He could feel the weight of the sins of all of humanity. And there he was in his flesh, his human nature. Remember, he was God and man at the same time. (laughs) Somebody needs to remember he was God, but he was also man at the same time. We, we preach a lot about him being God and manifest in the flesh, and that's absolutely true. But we want to be very careful that we don't take away from the humanity of Jesus because he was human. He was a sinless sacrifice, and, and he was in all points tempted like as are we. He experienced pain. He experienced hunger when he fasted 40 days and 40 nights in the wilderness he experienced pain and hunger in that time he it wasn't just a picnic for him sometimes we lose sight of his humanity and so when we do that we minimize his suffering amen but as a human he felt pain as a human he had fear as a human he had all of these things and while he's on the cross he cried out my god why Hast thou forsaken me? And every single person in this room, I don't care how holy you try to make yourself look right now, you've had moments where you cried out, God, where are you right now? God, why can't I feel you right now? There are people in this room right now, you've come to church services where the Holy Ghost was being poured out in a mighty way, and people were getting a blessing, and people were getting a touch, and you could not feel anything in your spirit, and you sat there on a pew while others were speaking in other tongues and you whispered in your heart, God, why can't I feel you? God, why can't I experience you right now? And you're in agony and you're in pain and you're in turmoil, but you've got to remind yourself, God is with me God is for me God is on my side when you're stepping into the fiery furnace you go ahead and take it to the bank God will be with you when they're throwing you into the lion's den you can take it to the bank God will be with you in the lion's den hallelujah clap your hands to the Lord even if you don't feel like it clap your hands to the Lord Even if you don't feel anything at all, clap your hands to the Lord because he's here, he's with you, and he's worthy. Hallelujah. Don't allow the storm. You know, there are different kinds of storms. I wasn't going to preach on this. Uh, Let me see what time it is. All right, I've got a few minutes. I'll go ahead and hit it for a second here. I'm going to tack on 30 minutes right now. Is that okay? (laughs) I'm just kidding. God bless y'all. Some of y'all just did like this. It was, if you could have seen yourselves, it was, it was fun. But there are different kinds of storms. I'm talking specifically uh, tonight about uh, storms that are not of our making. Amen? Everybody with me? You see, there are, there are some storms, there are some trials that come into your life, and you created them. Hmm. Bishop, I'm going to get somebody mad at me. I can feel it. All right. There are some storms that we create in our life. If you're an angry, mean, bitter person and you're angry and mean and bitter and you treat people that way, you're going to create storms in your life. And that's not God doing it. It's not the devil doing it. It's you doing it. And so you got to navigate that storm a little differently. In fact, The way you navigate that kind of storm is you change what you're doing. If you're an alcoholic, you're going to have storms in your life. It's not the devil's fault. It's not God's fault. It's your fault. You've got self-made storms coming into your life, and you better change what you're doing. I'm talking about Jonah storms. You know what I mean? Jonah's the one who the storm came into his life because he was disobedient to God. He wouldn't listen to what God said. God said, go this way, and he went that way. And so a storm came. He created that storm. The storm was of his own making. He even admitted it. When the sailors were crying out, they said, we must have made God angry. Something must be going on. And finally, he said, I'm the one. It's me. You better just get me out of here because, you know, I've been disobedient to God. And so that's one kind of storm. And then there are storms that the enemy will bring into your life. Think about Job. Satan went to God and said, you know, Job only serves you because you've been so good to him. Job only loves you and, and he's only so faithful because you've blessed him. I mean, he can't even count his blessings. You've been so good to him. He, he doesn't even have a reason to complain. He looks for something to complain about. He doesn't have anything to complain about it. And so if, if, if you would just let me send some storms into his life, if you just let me mess with his family and his wealth and his health and all of those things, he'll, he'll curse you. I promise you, God, he'll do it. And so God said, all right, I'll let you bring some storms into his life. And, and sometimes the devil will bring storms into your life to try to convince you to turn your back on God. And in those kind of storms, uh, you may go through all of the machinations that Job went through. Job questioned. He wondered. He was frustrated. He said, Why, God? But in the end, he said, Lord, naked came I into this world and naked shall I return. But blessed be the name of the Lord. You better learn to bless the Lord at all times. You better learn how to have his praise continually in your mouth. You better learn how to open up your mouth in the middle of a storm and give God praise. Amen. Amen. And when you do that, you bring shame to the devil. How many want to embarrass the devil tonight? How many are going through a storm? You want to embarrass the devil? Open up your mouth and give God praise right now. You want to make hell mad? Open up your mouth right now and give God praise. You got pain in your body? Make the devil mad. Open up your mouth and shout hallelujah. You don't know how you're going to pay the bills? Make the devil mad. Just give God praise right now. You don't know how you're going to get through this trial? Go ahead and give the devil a black eye and say, God, I worship you in the middle of this storm. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I will be with thee. Next slide. Isaiah 43 and 2. Still, we're still in the second verse, a powerful verse. You should mark this in your Bible. When thou passest through the waters, I will be with thee. They shall not overflow thee. In other words, this is not more than you can handle. You ever felt like you were going through something that you couldn't handle? You say to yourself, I don't know how I can get through this. God's put on me more than I can bear. This storm is not more than you can handle. No matter how you feel, you will not be overcome. When the enemy comes in like a flood, the spirit of the Lord will raise up a standard against the enemy. Hallelujah. No matter what you're going through, God will be with you and he will bring you through it and you can make it through on the other side. Again, he said, when thou... Walkest. Everyone said walkest. In other words, you've got to keep walking. Many storms are designed to cause you to stop walking with God, stop being faithful, and, uh, and to keep you from fulfilling your obligations and doing what you ought to do. But here's what you've got to do in the midst of a storm and in the midst of the fire. You've got to just keep on moving. Keep believing. Stay faithful. Stay committed. Stay praising. Stay giving. Stay being all the things that you know you ought to be. Stay in the spirit. Stay out of the flesh. I'm going to say that again. Walk in the spirit and not in the flesh. Just keep on moving in the right direction. And you will come through on the other side. Next slide. Isaiah 43 and 2. Still, when thou walkest. Thou shalt not be burned, neither shall the flame kindle upon thee. Kind of sounds like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, doesn't it? Amen. In other words, this isn't going to scar you for life, nor is it going to define you. One said, It's not going to define me. Point to yourself. I'm not going to let the storms of life define me. You know, a lot of people. Become the storm. You know what I mean? In other words, they take on a victim status, a victim mentality. They go through difficult times and then that becomes their whole identity. They become wrapped up in the storm that they're going through. But if you will walk with God and if you will stay faithful to God, you will come through on the other side. You're not going to be burned. You're not going to smell like smoke. You're not going to have scars. It's not going to define you. It's not going to be who you are. There'll be no trace of bitterness, no trace of hatred, no hint of malice, and you will be a victor in Christ Jesus. You will not be conquered, you will be the conqueror. You won't be overcome, you will be the overcomer. How many know that we can be overcomers in Christ Jesus? And that's exactly God's plan for our life, is for us to be known as victors in Christ Jesus, overcomers. In Christ Jesus any Christian that takes on a victim status now listen I'm not minimizing pain you might be victimized you might be hurt you might go through difficult things but children of God don't allow those things to define them what defines them is their identity in Christ Jesus no matter what you're going through you're a child of the King no matter what you're going through you're walking with Jesus No matter what you're going through, your identity is wrapped up not in your trial, but in how good God is. That doesn't mean you're faking it. That doesn't mean you're pretending. That means you are living in the reality that God is good all the time. You're living in the reality that God is great and greatly to be praised. Somebody give him praise right now. Hallelujah. And I'm almost done. Don't worry. Isaiah 43 And three, next slide. Continuing on. Let's read the first verse in red there. For I am the Lord thy God, thy Savior. For I am the Lord thy God, thy Savior. Here's the reason. He's summing it up here. Here's the reason that you can trust all of these things. Here's the reason... You can know that you're only passing through and you're going to come out. Here's, here's how you can know that you're not going to be scarred for life by this thing. Here, here, here's how you can know that you're going to be okay in the middle of the difficulties of life. Here's how you can believe that all of this is true because we know who God is, because we know how great he is, and because he is our Savior. We can trust in all of these things, not because of how great we are, how strong we are, how talented we are, how many resources we have. We can trust in this because of who God is. You can't do any of these things. You can't pass through that trial. You can't get through on the other side without bitterness, anger, hatred, malice. You can't do any of those things. But with God, nothing shall be called impossible. And so with God on your side, you can get through anything. With God before you, who can be against you? And so the church has to remember, it's imperative that we remember that our Savior is all-powerful. He is omnipotent, He is almighty, He is all-knowing, and He can do everything. And it's not by our might, nor by our power, but by His Spirit. How many can point to times in your life where it wasn't anything you did, but it's what God did that brought you through? I'm going to give you a little anecdotal story. As I'm closing here, I, I, um, many, many years ago, when we were evangelizing, uh, we, we pulled, and y'all remember when we first moved here, we had that big uh, trailer, and I had that uh, diesel truck, that Ford truck. It was a great truck. I miss it sometimes. But people could hear you for a mile down the road when you're coming in that thing. But it was, it was a workhorse of a truck. And we we pulled that trailer all over the country, in mountains and valleys. We went through deserts with it, and uh, we had a lot of scary experiences. But uh, we had one particular time, and I could spend all night telling you scary stories we had uh, pulling that trailer. In fact, uh, I tease with people a lot because uh, when we... We usually were in revival for several weeks, sometimes longer, sometimes a couple months at one church, and we'd park at that church, and then I'd drive back and forth, sometimes preach at other churches, but I'd base from wherever our trailer was parked. And, uh, and when we'd get near the end of a revival, uh, I would have to start praying through and asking God to forgive my bad spirit because I knew I was about to have to tear that trailer up and pull it again. And whenever I'd get close to that, i'd get grumpy, and my wife would know we're getting close to the end of the revival because <laughs> my husband is really grumpy right now <laughs> because it was it was scary for me. we had blowouts, we had uh blowouts one time it was it was so bad that we almost flipped the trailer and uh, a lot of a lot of near death experiences but but one particular time, and you'll have to forgive me uh, I can't remember exactly where we were in the country we have been in so many different places but I think, Ray, that we were in Arkansas. I think. And uh, we were driving, and and it was dark, and uh, the rain was, was really... You ever been in the kind of rain where it comes down so hard that you can't see, I mean, more than six inches in front of you? I mean, it was just like that kind of rain. And so I, I slowed down to a crawl. I was afraid to completely stop because I didn't know if there was going to be cars behind me that wouldn't see me stopped. And I couldn't see the shoulder of the road. And, and with the trailer that big, it's not easy to pull over. You have to have a lot of room to, to get pulled over. And so I was just going very, very, very slow and just doing my best. And, uh, and all of a sudden, we started hearing the tornado sirens. And so we got on the radio, and, uh, and, and we heard that there were tornadoes in the area. And it just so happened that they were extremely close to us and and i remember we we looked out and we saw the funnel anybody ever seen a tornado up close before it's pretty terrifying and and we saw the funnel in the distance and uh, it was coming towards us and i remember we were we were scared and so we started praying and and as we did I watched that thing. It, it didn't get right up to us, but we could see it right there coming. And all of a sudden, as we were praying, it jumped. Have you ever seen a tornado jump before, a video, anything? It kind of did a hop, and then it went, and it spun in the other direction. And it went just past where we were, and we watched it go off in the distance. And I remember thinking, God is faithful. God is always with us. Can I just be honest? I didn't feel like God was with me in the moment. I didn't, feel, I didn't feel like speaking in other tongues. I didn't feel like shouting or running the aisles, anything like that. All I knew is that I needed to cry out to Jesus. And when we cried out to Jesus, he, he took care of us. How many, how many can remember times where God took care of you? He was with you. And that was a literal storm, but sometimes it's emotional storms. Sometimes it's internal things that no one can see. Sometimes it's things that that people can't look at you and know are happening, but you can feel it in your spirit. And you can't do anything about it. You can't stop a tornado. You, You can't hold back the rain. But God, God, God can move mountains on your behalf. And so we trust him because he is our savior. He is the one. He is the one who gives us strength. Isaiah 43, 3. Here's what he says in conclusion. God said to the people, I gave Egypt for thy ransom, Ethiopia and Seba for thee. God was reminding them of past victories. God was reminding them of things that he had done for them in the past. And so this is an old lesson that we've all heard before, but it's good for us to remember it. If God did it before, God can do it again. Let me say that one more time. If God did it before God can do it again you know I don't know what it is about human nature but uh, there are there are things that we can go through and God delivers us from them and then we'll come up maybe it's years later maybe decades later and you can come up to that same trial that same difficulty and and you can have Faithlessness in your heart and wonder if you're going to get through this trial. And you'll forget that the same God who brought you through the Red Sea yesterday is the same God who can bring you through the Jordan River today. I said, the same God who brought you through the Red Sea yesterday, he can bring you through the Jordan River today. Yes, he can. Yes, he can. And so sometimes, Sometimes you have to go back and you have, to, you have to get your old testimonies out. How many think that would be a good idea? Stand with me. I'm closing. Sometimes you've got to go back and open up your Bible. I hope you write testimonies down in your Bible. I hope you write these things down somewhere because every once in a while you should be reading through your Bible and you should get to a little pencil marking where, where, you, where you wrote down that God healed my body on this day in 2007. God raised me up out of the sick bed. And you ought to look at that and you ought to remind yourself, uh, God did it for me then. God can do it for me today. Every once in a while you ought to go back and you ought to look at all of the times that God was with you in the valley and remind yourself that God is the same God today. He's the same God. Yes, He is. Take you to the last slide. I'm closing with this. Isaiah 43 and 5. He reiterates. Let's read it together out loud. Fear not for I am with you. Thee. God has not given us a spirit of fear you don't have to be afraid you don't have to live trembling you can walk confidently knowing that God is with you if you believe that tonight would you lift up your hands and would you just say Lord I'm leaning on you come on just surrender your spirit to him for just a moment Lord I've been preaching to someone who's going through a trial tonight I'm We're not talking about hurricanes. We're not talking about Irma. We're not talking about Harvey. I'm preaching to someone who is experiencing emotional pain tonight. Someone who is suffering spiritually, God. Their soul is crying out to you tonight. And I pray that you would remind them that they're only passing through this trial. They're only passing through this valley. They're going to come out on the other side purified like gold. I pray that you would remove fear and doubt from our hearts and from our minds. And I pray that we would walk confidently with you. In Jesus' name. And everyone said in Jesus' name. Amen.